happy holidays, good people of the world. Welcome to the smartest guy in the room, your host, Jerry Dempsey, as always, with my good pal and lifelong mentor, sometimes tormentor, Matthew Smith. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Happy holidays. And there are still good people in the world, despite oh, yeah. my pessimism and uh feeling lately like i don't have any country i, agree. I like There's the way you hold that world. microphone it's like you're holding a 12 ounce labatt's blue and you're about to take a big swig <laughs> you know i i uh this is new i've been doing this like the last three weeks and the reason i've been doing it is some of the podcasts i listened to i saw some of their participants do it and uh they sounded better when they did so uh this is a new thing for me well you sound good i mean i hear you fine i'm uh minus my headphones today so i feel a little out of sorts i had to pull out these old uh earbuds that are like way old school with the old-fashioned uh connector i did a show like like that a couple of weeks ago and uh i had some audio problems Hopefully we won't have that today, but it's interesting. I just had this idiot idea pop into my head and I always have to chase them down like a squirrel chases a nut or something <laughs> but like, you know, for about a thousand years, we had the same universal connector. Like remember when we had transistor radios when we were kids and we thought we were cool and that was like the same Jack that went into everything up until probably the late nineties, early two thousands. And then we had all yeah. these little funny connectors and different, like I have this thing that's got 20 different connectors on it for all different from a Game Boy to, you know, a Palm Pilot to whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. I, that was my problem the other week. I, I didn't have my regular mic and I went to plug in <clears throat> the headphones to my computer and it was a different connector. And uh, when they all used to be pretty much universal. So I had to use uh, those headphones that have the mic on the like the wire that you see people talking into in a, a supermarket. I had to record on my phone, mm-hmm. and the mic kept rubbing up against my shirt, which made it sound like you know wrapping paper for half the show. Yep. So you're right. Those. Why do they ever change the connector? Well, it's interesting. I would call it. I would blame capitalism. One. And stay with me here because it's delicate. But you, you've heard the term a Hobson's choice. I have. I don't know if you've ever heard. Yeah, and you know what it is, right? It's like I don't. Oh well, it's basically uh, to boil it down to stupid levels, like the level I tend to float around. It's a uh, take it or leave it. If I was going to sum up what a Hobson's choice is, it's yeah. no choice at all. It's like uh, when Henry Ford said, "You can have any color fucking Model T you want." As long as it's black, <laughs> you know, he was uh, kind know. of as a bastard as much as he was brilliant. It's the duality of man. Ooh. Fighting for peace is like fucking for virginity, right? <laughs> That's from a movie. <laughs> that is not mine. <laughs> now, Frank used to say that our buddy Frank used to say that when we were like, thir- when we were 13, <laughs> it's from platoon, I think, or no. <laughs> What's no. the other one that's really good? Full Metal Jacket. I think it's from one of them. I think it's from Apocalypse Now, maybe. Oh, well, you know. 
that could be true. I don't know. Speaking of platoon, do you remember when we were growing up, it was either you or someone else had the cassette tape of platoon, just but just the audio? And we used to listen to it when we were drinking, and we're like we could recite almost every line to that movie. There was a time I knew quite a few of those lines, and I still do. <laughs> I think more about um the Jerky Boys tape and how that shaped America for probably a decade. <laughs> what's, what's that one line from Platoon? It's like, Tennessee, the summertime, smell that cross-mountain pussy down by the river. Shit, the only way you get some pussy if the bitch dies and wheels it to you. And then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never heard that line. Ah, <laughs> oh, such a great movie. Uh, I've been uh, to Tennessee. I didn't never really smell any pussy down by the river. Nope. <laughs> Especially cross mountain pussy. I just smell ignorance. You know, it reminds me of uh, one of my other favorite movies is The Outlaw Josie Wales. There's a lot of just interesting human conflicts wrapped up in one, you know, uh, what some critics would call some kind of like stupid spaghetti Western or something. Yeah. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. Just my own opinion. But when um, Josie and his little buddy are accosted by um, the guy from Seinfeld, Uncle Leo, I don't know if you knew this bit of trivia, but the, you know, his buddy's shot and he's laying there, right? And he's and all of a sudden these two guys jump out of the bushes and he's like, We got us the Josie Wales, and you know, they got their guns pulled on them. And then all of a sudden the kid's laying in the blanket and he's like, Hey Pa, I got the gold right here, Pa. The gold me and Josie robbed from the bank. And the guy's like, I ain't your pa. And he kicks him. <laughs> <laughs> and then they pull back the blanket to see the gold and he fucking shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> my, my father took me to see that when I was like eight years old because it was the movie of the week at the town theater on, on 99 cent cheap night. Love that theater. My father used to drag me to 99 cent cheap night every week. Cause it was 99 cents and cause he wanted to get out of the house and probably away from my mother. And I, I swear to God, I don't think the, I don't think he would have cared if porn was showing that night. He would take me to just because it was cheap and he, he needed to get out of the house. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I used to let my son watch Archer with me. Um, and then I'd have to explain some of the, like, the sexual innuendo jokes. Yeah, so my well, wife uh, kind of put a kibosh on that. Outlaw Josie Wells had that like pretty graphic rape scene. Yep. He also took me to see like Cheech and Chong movies there and (laughs) and Mel Brooks movies, you know, which are all kind of like racy or, you know, the subject matter wasn't probably appropriate for an eight year old. Well, the rape scene in Josie Wales, though, I would say is less offensive than the one. in is it hang them high i don't know i don't remember that yeah where he comes to town lago and they paint the town red there's a rape scene in that where he this woman hits him in the street and she's like calls him whiskey breath 
and he goes, your mouth, ma'am, is almost as big as your feet. <laughs> and then he drags her in a barn and rapes her. <laughs> well, there was a girl. Do you remember the movie Lipstick? Uh, yeah, but I never saw it. Yeah, it came out in the 70s, and it starred uh, Margot Hemingway. That was her big break. But there was a graphic rape scene in that movie, and it was playing one night at the park drive-in. And this was a big drive-in where Jerry and I grew up. And the park drive-in, like the road leading, one of the roads leading toward the drive-in was this big hill. You'd go up this hill. And the minute you got up to the hill, you would you would just see the movie screen. And I remember we were driving over that hill one night, and lipstick was shown at the drive-in. And uh, we got up to the top of the hill in the car, and I would always look at the drive-in uh, screen to see what was going on. Right. And the minute we got up to the hill, and the screen was in my view. That's when the rape scene was happening. And I think it was the first time I saw a naked woman in my life. Cause I was like seven or eight. And, uh, it was just so weird. So weird. is like, <laughs> just to have that right in your face, you know, in your car yeah. with your parents. <laughs> well, there's one thing to see a naked woman. Cause like the first time I ever did was like at the fort. You built forts back in the day, right? In the woods with wood you stole from like a house or something. Yeah. We did. <clears throat> but I remember being back at the fort and one of the kids brought some porn magazines from his dad's stash. And they were like, the, you know, the ones from the 70s, right? With the giant bushes and all that fun stuff. So there's that moment. And then there's the moment like when we had HBO and you see a titty. And your mom's sitting next to you on the couch. And that's just a million times more fucking awkward, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of my childhood, too, because HBO was brand new. And, and you know, everyone turned HBO on back then to see titties. Yeah. HBO, by the way, back then, it was only on for six hours a day. Yeah. I mean, we had it. Uh, periodically, but you know, being poor and all, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know. All right, so today, buddy, we're talking about Christmas traditions. Speaking of titties and nudity, because nothing goes better with Christmas and holiday traditions than some tits, right? That's pre that's pretty much true. I agree. Uh, where do I want to kick this off? So. First off, I fucking hate caroling. Did you ever go caroling? I, you know, it's interesting you start with this because I'm not convinced caroling even exists. I hear about this and I've been hearing about this ever since I was a little kid. I've never seen anyone come up to anyone's door and sing, you know, and, you know, knock on it and singing Christmas carols. I think it's a bullshit. I don't think it's ever happened in America. I've done it. So, <laughs> yeah, but you were probably it was probably July and you were drunk. No, when we were little kids, we did it. I'm not kidding. You we would go around not. our neighborhood and sing in front of our fucking neighbor's doors and they would come out, sometimes give us hot chocolate. I mean, that fucking, you know. Who's that? Artist? Are you serious? I shit you not. Not I'm not even kidding a little. Wow. In fact, this dude across the street from us who lived with his parents. 
we used to fucking throw snowballs at him at his car. And this guy was such an asshole, right? He was like 30. I mean, he was like um, living on mom and dad's couch before it was like a cool thing. And we used to uh, f- throw snowballs at his car. And he lived like across the street from us. He tried to beat my brother Paul up one day and like we all swarmed at him. <laughs> <laughs> But the whole point of the story was we went caroling to his door and the parents were really old, so they didn't care. But the guy was, you know, again, he was probably around 30 and just an asshole. And he came to the door and started yelling at us. So we threw snowballs at him. <laughs> and then we came around to his back door. He had like a sliding glass door, you know, to like a patio kind of setup. And then he actually whipped out a porn magazine when put the centerfold against the, the thing. So we all got to look at titties while we were, we were caroling. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> what the fuck was going on in your neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. God, yeah, I, can, I cannot believe this is. My world, even make, my world doesn't even make sense anymore. I know. In I a world where I love to make up girl. stories and tell lies, that one didn't need to. <laughs> who, who, uh, I mean, was it, did your mother make you go Carol? Yeah, or we wanted to. Guys? No, my older sister was a fucking just into all kinds of shit like that. They coached cheerleading. They did all this stuff that, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't want to get into it too well, much. How, how old is your old, oldest sister? Well, it wasn't my oldest sister. It was my second oldest sister. But anyway, my oldest oh. sister right now is gonna is like 60 years old. Yeah, so she's <laughs> older than us. Because Caroline sounds, seems like a, something that if it did happen, if it ever did happen, which I always had my doubts until just now, it seemed like a older generation thing. Yeah, like a Norman Rockwell, like a lost Americana kind of bullshit thing that you'd only see on a Hallmark fucking movie or something, right? I, I yeah, agree. Yeah, because I never, I never really knew anyone who ever did it. Oh yeah, people Until do that. all kinds of weird things, man. <laughs> we just don't know about it because we were like, fortunately, you know, there's value in like not having all those stupid traditions. Which again, that's our theme of today, folks. I mean, there's value in just like we don't do that stuff because that's what rich idiot asshole people do. <laughs> yeah, I do wish that I had more traditions with my uh, kids. It just seemed like the modern way of life with work schedules and things like that cut into it because, you know, my my wife has a crazy job and works just, you know, 15 hour days, sometimes six days a week. And especially at Christmas, so it limited our uh, our ability to kind of do things. But because of her schedule, we did have a uh, what turned into a tradition, kind of unintentionally, because I don't see her from like Black Friday until like January third, because she works at FedEx Ground, and that's like <clears> you know <throat> holiday season is is a crazy time of year. So she would finally get off work at like six o'clock on, on Christmas Eve. And in Albany, there's this big, beautiful park and, uh, uh, you know, you can drive through it and it's got all these windy roads along lakes and things like, you know, man-made lake. And so they would have Christmas in the park, they would have lights in the park. And, uh, so 
my wife would finally get off work for the first time all holiday season at like six o'clock at night. And we'd jam the kids into the car and we'd go get, uh, we'd go get hot chocolate at this Dunkin' Donuts, which is, which is probably the most ghetto Dunkin' Donuts in Albany. It's filled with like homeless people and drug addicts, but it was the only place that was ever open on Christmas Eve. And then we'd get the hot chocolate. Then we'd go drive through the park and go watch the lights in the park. And, you know, because my family can't take anything seriously, the lights in the park drive would always include, you know, oh, that look at that light display. It looks like Santa's fucking an elf. And, <laughs> you know, so it just turned into every year we, we, it, you know, it, my kids wanted to do it the same every year. So yeah. it's probably the only tradition <laughs> we have, but it was always Christmas Eve. We do the lights at like seven o'clock at night. We'd have to, they may, they always want to get cho- the dunk, the hot chocolate at the same Dunkin' Donuts where the homeless people and drug addicts were. And then we drive through the park and we'd make, you know, suggestive, rude, obscene, crude remarks about the lights. I love it. I want so to steal that from you, I think. This year is the first time we're not going to be living in Albany on Christmas Eve, uh, where I raised my kids and our new house which we bought in Buffalo, it just so happens it's basically across the street from the Erie County Fairgrounds where they where they have a uh, similar light display that you can drive through. So Beautiful. We're going to continue it here, but without the drug addicts and homeless people, probably. They don't have homeless in Buffalo? They probably freeze to death in the winter. Probably not where we bought the house, though. <clears throat> yeah, you're out with all the rich people in Hamburg. Beautiful. <laughs> Yes, that's beautiful. Us. Well, when yeah. I was a kid, we had a couple of traditions. One was, you know, we'd go stalk a tree and cut it down, which was always a fiasco because we all fought, you know. Right. <clears throat> but it was great. Um, and we would go. It was like one of the few times we didn't go to restaurants a lot because too many kids and you know not enough money. But we would go to this like uh, Springbrook Hotel out in Elma. For all those Buffalonians listening, I don't even know if it's still there, but we would like go there. It was like one of the few times we'd actually go to a restaurant that wasn't like McDonald's or something. Um, that was kind of fun. And what was fun was my dad always cut the tree down enough. He'd get like the fattest, ugliest tree. And that like kind of you with the sarcasm and the lack of taking anything serious. Um, we would try to find the ugliest, fattest tree. And we would decorate the shit out of it with like the sprinkle, like the the silvery, streamy things. I don't, right. I don't know what you call them. But my dad would always put the tree on top of a case of Genesee pounders. You remember how like solid those those <laughs> cases were back in the day? Yeah, they were like wooden boxes. Right. And it was all. My dad was a Genesee drinking man. He was pretty loyal guy i guess he didn't really yeah. deviate too far from genesee sometimes so the was, green death and whatnot jenny Light. My, my, my mom was the same yeah loyal genesee drinker and um i mean usually when i go to buffalo i'll have to at least drink one jenny for for the old guy you know what i mean absolutely but like uh so that was probably a tradition we just did it um and then the other thing we would do was we would do the advent 
candle wreath thing that you see if you ever go to a Catholic church, which I don't know if you do anymore, but they have them, you know, with the three purple candles and the one pink one. The best was, you know, we had a similar Easter tradition, but for Christmas, we would go around and we'd have to read uh, these Advent prayers. And some of us just couldn't read very well, and the <laughs> fighting and mockery would ensue. And uh, and then we had to sing this song, which we'd all, you know, like when you sing happy birthday and you're singing off key and just being a dick, we would yeah. do that. My mom and you did, you're singing off key on purpose. Well, yeah. Well, that's the part of the fun. It's like looking at a display of lights and seeing Santa's penis somewhere in there. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all similar type stuff. So we would do that. That was a pretty good tradition. I try to do that with my wife and kids and it hasn't really taken yet. But um I mean, we don't we my wife did the um we started when my kids were little um my kids are 5 years apart like kind of like you you and your siblings. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you know, there's a there's definitely a stutter step between, you know, one's kind of outgrowing something, the other one's just growing into it kind of thing. Right. And um but we were doing my wife had that elf on the shelf bullshit going, which I hated, but then I just learned, you know, you can only reject something for so long before you just go, I can't beat him, so I'm going to join him, but I'm going to join him with my own little flair, which, you know, I bought one year uh a Krampus I was looking up Elf on the Shelf and somehow this I'd never somehow the old Krampus thing escaped me till I don't know where it just popped on my radar one day and I instantly glommed onto it. Um, you know, the idea of this German thing that would go around to eat children and whatnot. Right. If anyone doesn't if anyone doesn't know who Krampus is, you know. Anyway, I bought this Krampus doll and I used to hide it on my son and him and I, like he'd hide it on me and, and we'd put it different places to screw with each other. He put it like in my car one day and I'd pretend to be scared and freaked out by it because he was, you know, like seven or eight. So he, it was kind of fun. Right. Right. So one day, every morning, my son would come. I'm the first up every day. He was usually the second. So I put the Krampus in the bathroom that he always goes to every day. I put it right on the toilet waiting for him. <laughs> so the day I did this, I don't know what happened, but my daughter came down first and she went in the bathroom and started screaming because she hadn't even seen this Krampus thing till now. <laughs> and I mean, she cried unconsolably for like fucking an hour. I don't even know. She was traumatized by it. my wife, obviously. <laughs> Didn't really like me for a while. So I had to fucking throw it out. <laughs> you know, Kr- Kr- Krampus is... is Krampus shirt for you, yeah, I see you have a Krampus shirt on today. And Krampus... Either. Krampus over the last couple of years has been gaining, you know, uh, popularity and popular culture. And now he's kind of inescapable. I... Last... I've been to a number of stores this year where that they've had like Krampus displays. Beautiful. And there's a uh, there's a festival not too far away from Albany in Hudson, New York, which is kind of like this, uh, kind of this weird little city that is about 25 miles away from Albany, but it's real popular with people from New York city and New York city celebrities who live in New York city, they come up there and 
there was an awesome Krampus character who took part in the festival this year. It was their costume was so it was horrifying, but it was brilliant. And uh, it just seems like Krampus is gaining, you know, popularity every year. That's awesome. He's no well, secret he anymore. Well, you know, it's interesting. I did a little bit of R&D for this, uh, this session. And I also found, I guess in Italy, and again, I don't know too much about this, so I'll just gloss over it lightly. There's something called Bafana. Could be uh, misspelling it or mispronouncing it. Yeah. But Bafana is, they celebrate um, on January 5th, which is like, Another holiday? I don't know. Are you familiar with any January 5th holidays? Like the... No. Who cares what it is? Anyway, it's an ugly old witch in Italy. And the people have to leave out broccoli and sausage and some wine. And this good witch, who's ugly, uh, will leave some presents for the kids. That sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) Well, the... The most offensive, it, I I I don't want to talk about this too much, uh, given our woke culture. But uh, if you ever look up the Dutch Christmas character Black Pete, <laughs> it is it, it, it. They still celebrate him, although I don't know if they do it as much. But it is it is so over the top offensive. I don't know if it is. <laughs> If it's considered offensive in their culture, but like for Americans to look at what it is, Black Pete, uh, <laughs> you just look at it and you think, what the fuck is going on in the Netherlands? So, well, you know, Black I, I didn't grow up that's with, where, uh, you know, everyone wants to live, right? Yeah. He's so great up there. Well, it's the best quality of life. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't grow up with any Christmas traditions at all because my parents were, especially my mother, they they just didn't, all they did was work and like it, nothing was a big deal to them. We didn't even, my mom didn't even wrap our gifts. You'd wake up at <laughs> morning and there'd just be like boxes, you know, and, and uh, under the tree and they wouldn't let us get a, a real Christmas tree. We had one artificial tree my whole entire life and it was warped and every year it would miss branches and we'd have to use like telephone books to balance it it and like my mom had a thing against tinsel because it got all over the house so like we barely we barely had any decorations on this tree she was also against ornaments so we had like one strand of garland and like lights that never worked on this tree that was missing branches that was warped and it was curved like a banana. And we never got anything. We never had a new tree. We never had wrapping paper on our gifts. So, you know, not even like, uh, the bags from like the supermarket, the the ones we used to wrap our books in. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever box the, the, the thing came in, she just put under the tree. And I, like, I never understood they didn't try to like, you know, it's, it was, there was no effort to pretend Santa was real or anything like that. She, my mom put so little effort into Christmas. Unlike, you know, my, my wife goes so overboard at Christmas that 
you know, and because she's always pressed for time because she's always working, there was another tradition that grew out of it where we'd get home from the crisp from the, the lights in the park and she'd finally start wrapping gifts at like nine at night on Christmas Eve. And I don't, because I didn't grow up with wrapping paper. I never cared if my gifts were wrapped or anything, but she insisted. Right. So she would, she would wrap all night until like five in the morning. And, uh, I, I'm really, I love that movie. It's a wonderful life. So every year I would watch it by myself while she was wrapping gifts and then my daughter, when she got to a certain age, she would watch it with me. And uh, now every year, my daughter and I watch It's a Wonderful Life together on Christmas Eve. So that was like another tradition that like we don't like I guess those are the only two two traditions we have the lights in the park and, uh, you know, with the ghetto Dunkin Donuts and uh, the suggestive remarks. And then my daughter and I watching It's a Wonderful Life together. I've never seen that movie. Really? <laughs> Yeah, I can't. Jimmy Stewart, I would love to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, I always liked uh, the Scrooge one. Like, I, that was, like, always my favorite, especially, like, the scarier ones, the cartoonish, like, from the old days that really put the fear of fucking God in you. I didn't like the Scrooge one because I hate period pieces, and I hate people from the Victorian era. You you hate Charles Dickens. That's who you fucking hate. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I did like Oliver, but uh, you know, well, it sounds like you your family grew up. You, you grew up with like a lot of traditions, maybe because you had so many kids. But I'm a little bit jealous. I mean, I don't know if je- uh, you can be jealous all you want, because you know, I'm a more of an optimist than anything. I mean. I don't know. It was fun though. No, we had a lot of fun. We had we always did the stockings. My mom had to make them because they just didn't, you know, they didn't come with uh, all those fucking names we had. You know, I didn't have any stockings growing up. And we had no. My mom was way into it. Like she would decorate the shit out of our house. She was very into that. So midnight mass became a good a thing too. Because, I mean, from my point of view, that way I didn't have to go on Christmas Day. Or I was just getting it out of the fucking way, right? Yeah. Um, but the idea of being up late at night was kind of fun, too, when you were a kid. I started going to midnight mass on my own with uh, when I got to like be a teenager and I had a girlfriend. And we went to, we started going to midnight mass at the Basilica because it was like, you know, it's such an event there, you know. Uh, <clears throat> it was really pretty, but, um, yeah, my, I, I wonder if it's because my mom's family, like my mom, you know, grew up in this immigrant family. They didn't even own a car, you know, and, uh, she just, I don't know. She just, everything to her, all my parents did was like work. They had no like recreational interests or hobbies or anything like that, you know? Interesting. I mean, so I don't know. I'm I'll the tell you what, when I was I older, so opposite, you know, and I, <laughs> my work ethic blows and, uh, you know, I think it's because of my, my, my kid, my, uh, my parents. Well, I mean, you're shaped by a bunch of things, but you know, I mean, mom, all my dad did was work and my mom, 
you know, you were talking about how your wife cleans the shit out of your house, right? <clears throat> and um, that's how my mom was. Like, she wanted that fucking house spick and span. <clears throat> and she definitely, there's some of my family members who are just dirty. Their cars are filthy. Their fucking houses are filthy. <clears throat> their lives are filthy. <laughs> <laughs> and like, my mom would always, you know, she came to visit me one time. And she's like, oh, my, your house is always so clean. It, it, and, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's always clean, Ma, because I'm not a fucking pig. <laughs> and uh, but what I was going to tell you, but my mom loved cleaning the house and she loved getting us to clean it. And that was the beauty of having all those children is we would make a mess of it. But we all she taught us how to clean the shit out of a house. Right. And uh, I appreciated that of her, to be honest with you. Um. But I had this friend who's a friend of yours, and let's just say there was a point in time he was going through a rough patch, and I remember like like I hated when I once I got old enough, I didn't really like hanging out with my family because they would just sit around and drink and eventually alert it would eventually lead to just arguing and fighting with each other. Yeah, which I mean it's fun sometimes, but it just gets old and boring real quick. So like he was in a bad place. And was like, dude, just stay with me for Christmas Eve, will you? So him and I went out on Christmas Eve to this old man's bar somewhere in North Buffalo. And it was like basically a bunch of just what you would find on Christmas Eve in an old man's bar. A bunch of these kind of people. Yeah. And that that one night, they became our people. And we were shooting with this guy, shooting pool with this guy named Ed Jew. And, you know, we became best friends with him. We did shots with him. And the bar owner at midnight brought out a birthday cake and we sang happy birthday to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like him and I were kind of drunk. We weren't too far from our, we lived together. We weren't too far from our apartment. And, you know, we were just like, I told him like, this is one of the best Christmas Eve's I've ever had in my fucking life. <laughs> I wish I sh I wish I had made that more of a holiday tradition, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, I I, I kind of like um, old pathetic bars uh, on like Christmas Eve and things like that. I've I've snuck away a lot. Uh, it's uh, on Thanksgiving night or on Christmas night. You go to I, I love going kind of like going into slum bars where it's just me and like maybe a couple of like heavy drinkers that are old and you just there's like three or four people in the bar. I always found <clears throat> something peaceful about that. Yep. There's some comfort in it. I'll tell you, I may have told the story once before, but I was home in Buffalo, uh, my sister's house in Orchard Park for Thanksgiving, and the house was just rammed. There's like five hundred people in her house. So my brother and I uh, just kind of snuck out and we went to the big tree in right by Buffalo Bills football stadium. Uh, kind of the same idea as what you just described. And there was probably like six or seven people, old guys just hanging out, drinking beer. And so we're get, we get a beer and in walks Thurman Thomas. And he comes over to my brother and I, and he's like, yo, what's up? <laughs> so I'm like, you hiding out from your family too? And he's like, oh yeah, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up drinking a few beers with him, just talking shit 
uh, and we just had like, and all of a sudden, like we all like looked at our watches. We're like, oh shit, we've been here too long. And we all just like paid our bill and took off. But it was just like a very fun, you know, maybe like hour and 20 minutes out of my life that, you know, I loved. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I've always, even when I was a kid though, I loved, I've, I loved like dive bars. I've never been like a club guy. I, you yeah. know, I yeah. hate clubs. Young yeah. people love clubs. My, my kids love clubs. And I'm always like, you should be going down to like Adolf's in like the old, in the first ward. And that's like yeah. drinking, not, not these fucking clubs. Yeah. We went to my brother. One of the times I was home probably a couple of years ago now, but my brothers and I, I went to the Malamute down in like the old first ward or wherever it is. Yeah. Now it's called the Ballyhoo. Nah. Mel still a good bar. bar. It's a good bar. It's a little bit. It's a little bit more for hipsters. But the yeah, the Malamute doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it wasn't a hipster place then. But uh, the Swanee House we went to is that still there? That's still there. It's always packed too. Yeah, I know the owner of the Swanee House. Um, it's packed all the time. Tuesday afternoon at like one in the afternoon, it's packed. <laughs> oh, good. Maybe I'll. Maybe we should go there instead of this Gabriel's Gate place that you're speaking of. How do, how do you not remember that? That's been around I'm forever. I'm just kidding with you. I've been in there a million times. <laughs> I, I can never tell. <laughs> I like to keep them guessing. Hey, buddy, we've been on the phone for 40 minutes, which is, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think that's our bewitching hour. Well, because we started talking about the year-long tradition that we both take part in, which is drinking. Exactly. <laughs> It's, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's an angry mistress, you know, (laughs) always there and always angry. (laughs) Uh, Well, listen, man, uh, it's the holidays. It's a good time of year. I'm actually, uh, a big, uh, I love this year, this time of year, as I've said before, between like, uh, Thanksgiving and new year. Um, so Happy I holidays to all the good people out there. Jerry, I'll see you this weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Buffalo. Yeah. And uh, up, as always, everyone, stay free. Stay free and enjoy the holidays and don't take it too seriously. Like Matt just said, everyone. Yeah. Peace don't, out. Don't Bye. take any wooden nickels. Yes. Bye.